welcome everybody to your favorite Friday night podcast, The Paranormal Umbrella. It is I, Sooth, your host, and tonight we have Dylan, our wonderful voice actor, and Justina. Hi. Joining us to continue the read of the creepypasta, Dear Cryptid Hunters. And we will be reading reading both uh, part five and six for you tonight. So, yes, yes, yeah, I know. Yes, it's a good thing I know. Because nice. you can't see us like jamming out to the theme song. <laughs> I know, I know. You can. Well, I mean, there are cameras. There is. You can turn on your your webcam, um, but uh, it can only be seen if you join us live here in Riverside. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And more that incentive. is also, yeah, more incentive <laughs> to hit that solo link like, so that you can join us on literally everything because we are all everywhere. Mm-hmm. All the places. Everywhere. Everything. <laughs> all the tanks. Yes. And so, most indeed. Most indeed. Everything. All the things. It's great. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Why mm-hmm. is it that when I'm supposed to be working, that's when my Discord decides to blow up? Oh, like, like, look here, y'all. Discord, I'm gonna need y'all to work on y'all stuff, please. <laughs> I'm gonna and need y'all to DNA. calm down. Yeah, calm down. <laughs> Discord for the next hour, please, yes. or at least for the next half hour. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Minimum, because uh, <laughs> we were we were looking these over and doing our practice run as we do um, earlier today, and we've got some. It's it's a little creepy. It's funny. Mm-hmm, As per mm-hmm, usual, mm-hmm. we got some creepiness <laughs> going on. Um, and it looks like Fiona, our main character, still has her brother Cass staying with her. So, um, and things are going to get hairy. Things are going to get hairy. So, thank you for joining us tonight for this creepypasta reading of the Dear Cryptid Hunters. Um, and uh, we hope you enjoy part five and six to this creepypasta. Getting hairy, kind of a pun and foreshadowing. we gotta we gotta make that available so we can actually make the sound hold on i think i have it hold on let me see no i think i have a i think i have a drum roll Ooh, i do hold on wait here we go Hey, hey, we got it. Perfect for when we do we, dad jokes. <laughs> exactly. Perfect for the dad jokes. So, all right. So here we go. We're going to start tonight with a, our first reading, part five, a warning to the wannabe cryptid hunters. There's an old man living in my sauna. I think that when I said that I loved my brother, I kind of forgot how obnoxious he really is. He's a goddamn grown-up with a job, a house, and about a dozen illegitimate kids to pay child support for. But when he's with me, he acts like he's just a little boy again. And I don't mean that in a good way. After starting the day by pissing his name in the snow outside the front door, he served me scrambled eggs spiced with pepper and sugar left a spoonful of marmalade in one of my boots, and kept banging on the bathroom wall from the other side while I was trying to take a dump. But at least we're making some progress on the whole trespassing thing. It's impossible to round up 
all of the workers, seeing as those who are currently on site, have to continually rotate around their assigned parts of the forest. Keeping them from doing their job would be utterly counterproductive. So we decided to stop by each one of them on their rounds. This would mean a lot of walking for the two of us. But we were up for it. It's gotten even colder overnight. Aren't you going to take a jacket? You know I can't, I replied gloomily, tugging one of my white fur-trimmed gloves on. The other thing protecting me from the chill was the little fluffy cape attached to the particular wedding dress I was wearing that day. No point in complaining. Even after all this time. (laughs) Man, Jace really dealt you a bad hand, didn't he? I don't want to talk about Jace. Let's just... Let's just get going. Cass merely shook his head, but at least he kept his mouth shut as we were going on our way. Marching through the snow together, I almost felt like we were kids again. Like I'd just have to turn around and Jim and Marianne would be right behind us. Yeah, you know, I missed this. (laughs) Me too. I've tried to find other things to make up for it, but nothing quite compares. (laughs) There was nothing else I could say. For ten minutes or so, all we could hear was the sound of snow crunching beneath the soles of our shoes. Finally, we came across Fergus patrolling the edge of the forest adjacent to the Red Meadow. He was sipping hot cocoa from his thermos and greeted us with a slightly drowsy smile. When I asked him how he'd been, he said he'd had trouble sleeping, but insisted he was okay. Now, I trust him. Gus has been working for us for ages. He wouldn't rat us out. But perhaps he knew something. Wait, why would anyone make a location public? Money. I reckon one of your co-workers is taking bribes. (sighs) Well, that's sort of depressing to think about. I mean, the guys and I hang out all the time. Hmm. Well, I'm going to keep an eye out. But that's about all I can tell you for at the moment. We quickly said our goodbyes and went on our way to catch the next guard, Jose, another senior member on our staff. He didn't know anything either, but we still stayed to chat a little bit, and he seemed to be genuinely concerned. We went on to look up the others, too, but to cut it short, we got nothing out of them. Cass said that it was a good thing that we'd at least spread the word and made it known that we were suspecting one of them to be sabotaging us. Still, we needed answers. And I had an idea of where to get them. There's a small bathhouse on our property, right next to the main building. I believe my great-great-great-grandfather constructed it. It consists of a changing room and a steaming room, and it's actually really lovely, though none of us have used it in ages. I pay a lady to take care of the sauna nonetheless, though. Like many places on our estate, it's not as uninhabited as it might seem at first glance. It's a special place. I was actually born there. Hell, maybe I even conceived, too, but that's a little more unlikely. My mother insisted that it was a place of great spiritual value and danger, but she nevertheless used it for any of the activities she claimed could be conducted there. That's not all, though. 
when I was 16, I decided I want to go to wanted to go for a steam there. My mom was practically the only one who ever really uses the bathhouse, and she'd been quite enthusiastic for us to try it out together. I had stayed far away from that place up until that point. It had always kind of creeped me out. And with all the talk of supernatural energy, I was intrigued. And when I was 16, I figured it was time to check it out. Besides, steaming could be nice. So I went inside with mom on a day just as cold and wintry as this one. Both of us were wearing crosses around our necks, which mom said we'd have to leave at the door. This rather confused me, but I readily left one of my boots outside for us and we placed our necklaces inside. We undressed in the changing room and each grabbed a bathroom on our way in. The bathrooms were simple bundles of birch twigs. Their leaves were already strewn all over the bathhouse floor. But when I asked mom why we didn't just buy sponges or some actual stuff for the bathhouse, she only said that it was better to stick with natural materials sometimes. We'd fired up the sauna and were sitting in the steaming room. Nothing much happened, so it was kindly a little at ease, maybe. The room had heated up quickly. It was a lot more intense than your normal sauna level of hot, though. Still, I found it rather enjoyable, and my mother appeared to be perfectly used to it, so we didn't talk much, save for the occasional quip or remark. Why don't the others ever come here? I mean, this is kind of nice. Well, Dad says he doesn't like the heat, but I think he's just scared. (laughs) I'm glad you aren't, though. What's there to be afraid of? Sure, I mean, it's it's a pretty old building, but... Oh, it's not the building. It's the spirit. But we'll talk later. Keep it down for now, shall we? That admittedly kind of freaked me out. It wouldn't have been the first time I'd encountered a supernatural entity, but just because you're used to something does not mean you should lose your respect for it. Wait. So you're saying we're not alone right now? (laughs) He's hiding behind the benches. Despite the heat, her words sent a cold chill up my spine. I think I want to leave. Oh. Mom looked a bit disappointed, but didn't say anything to stop me. Just as I was heading out for the doorway, I felt something sharp and pointy raking down my back, painfully tearing into my skin. I let out a sharp scream, spinning around only to find that Mom was still in her seat, frozen as a statue, staring at me with wide eyes. What the fuck was that? My mother, freeing herself from her rigor, rushed over to hug me, casting an accusatory gaze into the room. That was totally uncalled for. She shouted. If this miserable old grouch doesn't want company, we'll just be on our way now. She told me taking my hand and pulling me out into the changing room. Just as we were about to set foot through the doorway, we were stopped by a gush of scalding hot water hitting our backs. Both mom and I cried out and spun around just in time to glimpse a frail, hunched-over figure disappearing behind the benches. My heart was racing in my chest when the air suddenly filled with a strange, uncanny gibbering. 
It sounded like someone talking backwards, but really fast and in an eerie, low, brittle voice. Whatever lived inside that bathhouse, we'd angered it. Let's let's just go. She didn't have to tell me twice. We didn't take the time to dress, merely grabbed our clothes and sprinted, barefoot and naked, through the snow back to the safety of our house. My father, who had been watching us through the window, was laughing his ass off at us. Care to explain? I gasped, hopping around on the living room carpet as I was trying to put on my pants with shaking frozen fingers. My mother huffed, finally sticking her head through the opening of the sweatshirt she'd been fighting with. That was the medic. He moved into the bathhouse after my great-great-grandfather built it. I guess he was having a bad day. Though the scratching is something he's done before. Grandpa always said, if you take a steam around Christmas time and the bannock scratches you, it means the new year is going to be a bad one. But I, I really don't care, you know? You're my daughter and the old skunk better keep his hands to himself around you. But the scratching thing, is that like, you know, an actual prediction? Uh, I don't, I don't know, but I wouldn't trust the Bannock anyways. He's such a moody, dumb geezer. You know, he invites the woodland demons to bathe with him at night. That's why he doesn't want any crosses or religious items in there. Shouldn't we see to it that he's like, I don't know, appeased? (laughs) I won't. Let him rage in there if he wants to. He can burn down the, the bathhouse for all I care. I'm not going back there anytime soon after this. Well, that same night, I snuck outside with a bucket of water. It had a pink block of soap swimming around in it. And seeing as I had stupidly filled it all the way up to the brim, I had to take great care not to spill anything. I had tucked a bunch of fir branches under my arm, increasing the difficulty of my endeavor. Once I finally reached the sauna... I sat everything down in the snow to knock on the door. Hello? I called out softly, trying to keep my voice from trembling. The bathhouse was lying in complete and utter silence. If there were any spirits inside, they were having a really quiet gathering. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to disturb. It's me, Fiona, from before. I've come to apologize. Sure, I didn't actually believe I'd done something wrong, but it was best to take the humble route with beings like this one. I knew that even back then, the Bannock most likely didn't care about my standpoint. Ever so slowly, the door to the building swung open. Total darkness was waiting behind it, and I was reminded of a huge bear opening its mouth. While this felt like a prompt to step inside, I refrained from doing so, instead placing the bucket and the branches atop the stoop. To this day, I believe the creature inside must have been able to hear my heartbeat. That's how loud it seemed to me. I almost jumped when a bony arm with saggy, wrinkled, pale skin reached out from the pitch-black opening to pull my offerings inside. To my relief, though... The bannock didn't shut the door immediately. Taking note of this opportunity, I summoned all my courage and spoke up again. I, uh, 
I was wondering if that was a sign you gave me earlier. Is the new year really going to be bad for us? For a moment, everything was silent. Then the strange gibbering started back up again. Something about that noise was deeply unnerving to me. My skin crawling, the darkness making it worse. It's just creeping up my skin. I considered turning back and making a run for the house when I suddenly realized that I could actually make out certain words amidst the jumble. Particularly for you. I swallowed, dread pulling in the pit of my stomach like a cold, heavy liquid. What's going to happen to me? I don't, don't, exactly don't know exactly. Am I going to die? Just, a, Just part a part of you. Please, sir, tell me what you mean. I implored, growing desperate. Maybe it was the fear in my voice, or the fact that I'd brought him those gifts... But something appeared to have moved him enough to beckon me closer in that rattling, breathy voice of his. I hesitantly crept up to the stoop, crouching down in front of the half-open door. Do you promise, Do you promise to keep up this bathhouse? Will you Will see, you see to it that it's clean and bring me soap and water? water? If that's what you want. Then hold your head and receive my gift. With that, he pressed a gnarled finger to my forehead. His skin was damp and soft, leaving a wet spot between my eyebrows. This will not see future, but it will help you see imminent danger. When it's hiding in plain sight, it's not infallible, and you might yet fall victim to your own naivety if you're not careful. But I'm sure you'll find it an improvement to your own weak senses. His arm withdrew. The door swung shut and I was left alone in the nightly darkness, the only sound remaining being the whistling winter wind. Over time, something akin to a business relationship had developed from this odd encounter. The Bannock appreciates the effort I put into the bathhouse despite hardly using it myself. At night, I can often hear voices from inside, carried over to the main building by the breeze. The Bannock's gift is the reason I could tell there was a disturbance in the aura of that one creepy, cryptid hunter I met. Of course, it's merely a heightened instinct and not at all reliable, but it's something. 
When I started wearing my wedding dress, he gave me another blessing, namely my heightened tolerance of uncomfortable temperatures. Cass knows there's a bunch of entities I'm on relatively good terms with, so he wasn't too surprised when I said we should go and consult the creepy old guy who lives in our sauna. Not that he's looking forward to it either. I guess we'll just have to see how that goes. That's creepy guy. <laughs> that is a creepy guy. I mean, he's he's kind of cute in an old squishy kind of way. I mean, it's all right. I mean, literally squishy with how moist he is, but yeah, <laughs> literally squishy, literally squishy. Can we call him Squishy Boy from now on, or do you think he'd be upset by that? I think he would be mad, and I don't feel like oh, that's somebody man. that I want to have on, you know, be on their bad side with. Okay. You know what? Squishy you boy. know what? You know what, Fiona? Since I'm gonna call you that now, so you know what, Fiona? I'll take your word for it. You cannot tell me this is not you. You cannot tell me this is not you. I'm telling you, it's not me. And I did write the story, but it's uncanny. Really it's uncanny. That the band would appreciate being called the uh, Squishy Boy. <laughs> I don't either. I don't either, but he. Oh, we can call the Leshy Woody. <gasps> oh, God. That has a whole other meaning with what we discussed oh, on Monday. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I mean, if you're interested, you know, we can make a deal. <laughs> I don't think he thought that went through. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, we got the nicknames for everybody, but so far we got Squishy Boy. <laughs> we do. We have Squishy Boy, and I, I assure you, I will never. If I ever meet a Bannock, I will never be calling him Squishy Boy to his. What face. you mean, need one? You got face. one, obviously, because this is you. <laughs> I one hundred percent feel this is you. The fact yeah, that she went back and was like, "Well, I'm gonna go back," you know. No, oh, here I go. I'm trudging out into the snow. I don't know, man. I don't know if I'd want to go out into the snow. I'm I'm not one for the freezing cold temperatures myself, so. It's not that fun. (laughs) I I like the cold, but I also like being inside while it's cold because I can, like, snuggle up with some hot chocolate and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. See, see, I'll do the hot chocolate. It's currently 34 degrees here. It's not that fun. (laughs) No, No, thank you. Okay, so that was uh, part five. Now Mm -hmm. we are moving on to part six. So if y'all need to take a drink of water or anything, I suggest you do it now. Hold on. (laughs) Right? I'm not even drinking water. I have a glass bottle Coke right now. Okay, I I thought you were going to say Red Bull. I was about to be very upset. I had my Red Bull earlier today, so. Oh, okay. Our quality H2O right there. (laughs) Some parts. Tap on. So she did it when I wasn't on call with her so she can drink it and know I wasn't going to fuss at her. I did. I did. As a matter of fact, I drank it in the car while I was running errands today. Okay, very smart. Very smart. I'll give you that one. (laughs) I am not a... Okay, maybe I'm a little bit of a hobbit, but I'm not all the way hobbit, okay? Okay. Uh Uh-huh. I am not 100% hobbit. Okay, whatever you say, Fiona. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, all right, here we go. Part six. A warning to the wannabe cryptid hunters. Something's hiding in the abandoned gristmill? 
I think the mood I'm in today can be described as strained optimism. My brother has somehow managed to get some locals from the town over interested in coming by for a job interview. So there's a chance we're going to have some more hires soon. That's a bonus. We went to talk to the Bannock last night. Cass was super nervous. But when the spirit proved to be supportive, he was pleasantly surprised. This time, the little old humanoid was even outgoing enough to show himself. He's quite the droll sight, what with his wide mouth and the long beard that he stumbles over every time he gets up. After introducing my little brother, we sat down together, the bannock crossing his skinny legs on one of the benches. I cleared my throat, speaking up in what I hoped to be a steady and open tone. I'll be frank. We're here because there's something we need your help with. So before we ask for it, is there anything we can do for you? You've been keeping, You've me, been keeping perfectly me perfectly content in these four walls, walls my dear. That's good to hear. Now, I've been faced with a bit of a problem lately. I know. All I know all about the, the, issue, the issue already. A mutual, a mutual friend, friend of ours told me everything about it, and he came to my bath last night. You don't mean the the wood thing? The wood thing. Oh, yes. oh yes. I wouldn't exactly call the leshy a friend. So, uh, is there anything you can tell us? Well, someone's mm-hmm. someone's been playing you false. That much. That much you must know by now. Yeah, we figured. Uh, can Can you tell us who? Hmm. Not, 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 not exactly. exactly I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Uh, I'll I only see only see bits and pieces, and pieces of, the of the future. Not, not full visions, and not and not of, of the present. The presence. But, but I, do know I do have something, something for you to share with you. Mm. Honestly, I'm glad for any advice whatsoever right now. Oh yeah, yeah, we're we're, we're desperate. No, you go go to, go the, old black to the old black mill. You'll find your answer You'll find there. answers there. I froze up like someone had poured a bucket of icy water over me. The the, the black mill. Isn't that where Jace used to live? I don't want to talk about Jace. (laughs) (laughs) I'm aware. I'm aware something happened in Millfield. You wouldn't believe believe how many visions I had of you, Sam. I do not need to know the details to understand that you made a major fool of yourself. You acted like that six cents I presented to you was taking a vacation along with all your other faculties. I could feel the heat rising to my cheeks. I don't want to talk about Jace. Well, well, you, you'll simply have to. You simply you have to. Woods, if you want to secure these woods. And doesn't Leshy have your word on that? Remind me what, Remind me what he'll do if you don't follow through. Here it comes. 
the promise I made to the wood demon. No use in keeping it to myself anymore. I have until the end of the 12 nights between the years to fix this mess. If after that another unauthorized trespasser makes their way into the forest somehow, the leshy... The leshy... Uh, he'll have me. I guess he'll drag me to hell or wherever his leafy ass is from. And I'd have to be his servant for all of eternity. Or he'll eat me. Like he did the other guy. I felt weirdly disconnected from these possible outcomes when I listed them to my brother. Why the fuck would you tell him he could do that? He saved my life. He'd have gobbled me up on the spot if I had denied him. I, I know you're, you're, I know you're aware of it, Wrench. But let me, but let me you, assure you, the leshy does, does not want you to fail. And he, and he takes no, no pleasure in punishing me. you. I don't know about that. <laughs> Take my word for it. I can't tell, I can't you, tell why, you why, but he needs, but he you, needs to you to succeed. We said our goodbyes on that note, concluding that we would head for the Black Mill the next morning. The Black Mill used to be relatively safe back when Jace was living there. Now that it's abandoned, though, there's bound to be some unpleasant creatures squatting inside. I normally go into the woods unarmed. Weapons are an unnecessary provocation. But today... I decided that both Cass and I would be taking handguns and cleansing salt. We were walking side by side in silence, any attempts on my end to strike up conversation remaining unsuccessful. When I finally asked him why he was giving me the cold shoulder, he merely grumbled something about me digging my own grave by submitting myself to the wood demon. What was I supposed to do? Hey, look. I'll be fine, I'll fix this, the leshy will be happy, and everything is going to be just perfect. I patted him on the shoulder a little too hard, and we continued on our way sloshing through the snow. The Twin Lakes looked so peaceful. They had frozen over completely sometime during the last few days, a thick layer of ice having congealed them to shining, stiff mirrors. I could have mentioned the gristmill already when I recounted Cass's encounter with the Mavka, but I really didn't want to think about that place. The old mill is a decrepit ruin by the side of the smaller twin lake. Technically, it has never truly worked. Not by natural means. There was no stream around that flowed strongly or quickly enough to turn the water wheel. When Jace had been living there, though, the mill had nevertheless been in a constant use. When we laid eyes on it today, it rather made the impression of a structure built to rot. A place that had never seen life before and never would. Its black walls and roof were riddled with holes and blades were missing from the water wheel, which was hovering a few feet above the frozen surface of the lake. Man, this place has given me the creeps. It's changed a lot, hasn't it? Did you ever hear from Jace again? After, you know, the thing? 
know. And I don't want to talk about Jace. You keep saying that. So, so you fucked up. What's the big deal? I'm not you. I didn't make a habit of it. I shot back and cast through me an irritated glance. Before he could respond, however, a howl sliced through the winter air. Uh. Oh, that wasn't good. We both stopped in our tracks. It had undoubtedly come from the old grist mill. Oh, dear God. Casimir muttered, instinctively reaching for my hand. I allowed him to grasp it, drawing myself up and puffing my chest out, summoning my courage. Suddenly, it was as though we were kids again. Two solitary figures, soft and vulnerable before the ominous structure looming above us. Casimir and I slowly proceeded towards the building. Despite its state, the black paint on the walls was clinging to them as strongly as ever. Rounding the corner, we found that most of the windows had been smashed in. Even more unsettling were the scratch marks around the frames. They couldn't have possibly been made by an animal. Judging from how high up they were, the creature must have stood at least easily the same height as my brother. I had to let go of Casimir's hand for a second to wipe off the sweat lacing my palms. We slowly made our way over to the front door, finding it barred. Guess the window will do you. You ready? Can't we figure out what's been howling in there before we go inside? And how do we do that? I retorted, walking up to the closest window and starting to pluck away the glass shards that were protruding from the frame like teeth. I was nearly done when another one of those hair-raising wails rang out from inside. Casimir jumped, and I admittedly almost suffered a heart attack myself, but I hid my unease every bit the big sister. I slowly maneuvered my body and dress through the relatively small opening before gesturing to Casimir that it was safe to follow. Not much was left of what had once been Jace's furniture. The charred remains of an armchair and a table told a story of smoke and fire. Big, dark spots on the walls indicated the places where the flames had been licking at them. What happened here? Jace was angry when he went away. He probably went pyro on his things. The building itself can't be destroyed entirely. That's probably the reason it's still standing. Is that something he'd do? (laughs) Absolutely. Come on. There's got to be more. We started poking around the rubble, moving about as quietly as possible, knowing very well that we were not alone. We kept nervously glancing over at the broken-down staircase in the corner that led up to the second floor. Half of it was caved in, presumably because of the fire, so we wouldn't be able to access the upper story of the mill. Occasionally, we'd hear the footboards creaking above us. The sound of someone or something pacing to and fro. Each little noise sent a surge of fear through our bodies. 
but we kept our mouths shut, masterfully managing to stifle gasps and startled screams. It was Cass who found the trail camera. He picked it out of a dusty pile of burnt something or other in the corner. It was broken for sure, contorted and covered in scratches and alarmingly deep teeth marks. It had nearly been bitten in half. Something must have torn it off wherever it had been mounted. Most likely the same creature that had taken up residence on the upper floor. Shit. That's gotta be it. Yeah, sure. It's like super banged up. I don't think we're getting any footage off of this. We don't have to. What do you think I put up the trail cams around the woods? Hell no. Whoever did this has got to be the snitch. And this is probably not even the only cam. We'll show this to the employees. Look for other cams. We can really do something with this. All right. Okay. Okay, cool. What now? I frowned, pointing at the staircase. Let's bail. I didn't have to tell him twice. Casimir headed straight for the window, squeezing through and beckoning for me to join him on the other side. Of course, my retreat, as per usual, a little slower than his. Struggling with my skirt, I tried to duck through the opening with my st- Stupid fucking cape got caught inside. Groaning, I leaned back to discover that it had somehow gotten snagged upon a rusty old nail sticking out of the wall. I started tugging on it, but that didn't work with the glove on, so I had to pull it off first. Hurry up. Jace's house kind of doesn't want me to leave, I answered, forcefully tugging on the fabric. Finally, it tore, and I was sent tumbling out of the window, cutting myself on either the nail or a glass shard in the process. I cursed under my breath, but the thump of my fall had not gone unnoticed. That same howl we had heard before pierced the air. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. The floorboards started creaking and cracking inside the mill, accompanied by the sound of fast, heavy footfalls dashing down the broken stairs. Okay, go! Go, 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 go! Don't look back! I yelled, pushing my brother forth as we began staggering through the snow, back into the direction we had come from. Casimir tossed me the busted camera as he got out his handgun. Another howl. Then the sound of wood splintering. This fucking thing was following us. Cass was smart enough not to use his weapon right away. There was still a chance we could lose this beast, whatever it was, among the trees. Things were starting to look dire, though. Soon enough, we could hear it running up behind us, panting and growling. Both my brother and I were starting to grow slower, our breaths coming out shallow and ragged. Casimir was red-faced and wild-eyed, struggling to resist the urge to look over his shoulder. It's it's, it's catching up, I think. Keep going! We can make it! We totally couldn't. Not at this rate. Another blood-curdling howl, then, strangely enough, a bark? I recognized that sound. 
I came to a skittering halt, and so did the creature. Casimir had stopped a few feet ahead of me, screaming at me what the hell I was doing. Don't shoot! I warned him, raising my hands. It's okay. I think... I think this is kind of a misunderstanding. Slowly, I turned to face the entity, letting out a soft gasp upon laying eyes on it. It was a black, shaggy wolf dog the size of a man. One of its eyes was missing, as was part of its ear. It was only skin and bones, and it reeked like a whole-ass sewer. Hey, I know you, I said softly, taking a hesitant step towards it. Do you remember me? The dog sat down in the snow, lowering its dripping snout and proceeding to press it into my neck, sniffing fiercely. I stood still as a statue, my eyes shut, trying to ignore my mounting panic. The beast could rip my throat out right then and there, but deep down, I knew it wouldn't. Finally, it drew away, huffing as it got to its feet, or rather paused and turned to trot off. Wait, ain't you starving? I have food at home. I could... Ugh. The dog ignored me. Walking away with its head held high, I pressed my lips together, feeling the sting of rejection. I thought Jace took his dog with him when he left. That's what that thing was? Yeah. Looks like it's waiting for its master. Oh. Am I supposed to be relieved now? Ten years. It's been ten years. And that dog's still waiting for him. You think it'll let me feed it? Did it seem angry to you? Because I think it's still angry at me. I'd be angry. You're the reason it's human up and left. Are you? Wait. Was JC even human? I don't want to talk about Jace. Let's just go home. And that concludes part six of Dear Cryptid Hunters. Yay! Okay, about the dog and the description. (laughs) One, super cute. Two, do we think that's a black shuck? I was thinking that. Right? I thought Hellhound. But that's you th- foreshadowing that I already know from reading ahead. You better stop. You better stop it. You better stop right now. Stop it. Stop. It was homework. I no. <laughs> I understand. Okay, it was homework. You Look, I is. understand that it was homework, but shh. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> Hush your mouth. You say out your mouth. I hope you spill milk on your bed now. Mil- not milk. Milk. That's just rude. <laughs> Disrespectful. The next Tina? word that you say that is the next words that you say that is spoilers for the story. Okay, I hope the next time you pour milk into your bowl to get cereal, it comes out chunky. 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 Oh, she is cursing you, Dylan. That's so <laughs> Straight up. Disrespectful. I would so stand for that to dis- turn it into some cheese. Chunky. I wouldn't stand for that disrespect if I were you. I'm not doing spoilers. I'm using what I've learned to infer. (laughs) Stop inferring. 
You can infer your booty to next week. <laughs> Wait, we read next week too? We we doing next week too? Yes, I figure we'll do I I know, I know. We will do seven and eight next week. Next Friday week we will do the that will be the part where Yo, she I loves us. I, she loves us. <laughs> you two are adorable and I love you. <laughs> Which means in two weeks we'll learn you'll all get to learn what I know. Oh, <gasps> uh, two weeks? Oh God, that's yeah, gonna take us two it's weeks. In like nine through eleven is when it happens. Oh. Okay. Okay. All right. So, and, so you know, forgetting. can we you know, can we claim the next the week after next, next week? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. We'll do, we'll do both weeks. <laughs> but then we have to talk about the exorcisms and the murder ghost. Okay. Of course. We can always of course split it up, make them make them wait. Oh, but reel him in and give him some slack. Reel him in and give him some slack. <laughs> like, we'll talk about it. Okay. All right. All right. The next two Fridays for Paranormal Umbrella, we will do the creepypasta reading so everybody can get caught up. <laughs> and on that note, Tina, do you have something to share with the class today? Yes. Um, uh, usually around this time, I will give y'all just a wonderful dad joke, but I want to take this moment to ask all of you lovely people, if you have a fur baby, a cat, a dog, even a ferret, a parrot, any sweet little pet that you just love with all your heart, I'm going to try to say this without crying. Please give them all of the love and kisses and treats that you could possibly give them today. Um, without going into too much details, my little baby who has been in my life for 13 plus years has passed away and it has been very hard on the family today, but I, we're working on it and we're getting through it. And I have to remember that if it, if I start crying or if I break down, yes, it's good to get it out, but Toto would be upset. He would start barking. His little five pound tail would try to bite somebody's ankle. He don't know whose ankle he's biting. He's going to bite ankle meat. Look, someone hurt my human. Therefore, ankles are going to get bit. You understand me? He was he, <laughs> he was an adorable little puppet. Yes. So, he went for um, the cankles every time. Sooth and, and Dylan have seen pictures of the of him. And I I just need y'all to hug and kiss y'all fur baby. And and thoughts and and thoughts and prayers girl there we go thoughts and prayers to toto and give me all of the good vibes give our whole family all of the good vibes and all the good love if you can do that and before i end this little sad note i want this to because i know this is going to go everywhere toto i love you so much baby thank you so much for giving me all the love you could possibly give me all the unconditional love and support you gave me throughout my life i love you so much Oh, poor little Toto. Toto was adorable. He was a adorable (laughs) little baby. He was a handsome man. (laughs) He was a handsome man. He's still a handsome man. Adorable little boo boo. And yes, he was a cute little pupper. So we are dedicating tonight's podcast in memory of Toto. So thank you all for joining us tonight, and we hope to see you next Wednesday for PCPS for another cryptid, and next Friday for the continuation of the creepypasta, Dear Cryptid Hunters. 
Thank you so much for coming and listening. Don't forget to click the solo link. And if you listen to us on any podcast, uh, Apple Podcast, Google, iHeartRadio, Spotify, don't forget to follow and give us those five-star ratings. We love you all, and we hope you enjoy your weekend. Thank you so much. Bye. If you don't, the bandit's going to be in your bathroom. Yes. And he's going to be grumpy. Listen, but like she can't help you this time. We just in trouble. Bye, y'all. Bye. <laughs>